Okay, got it. Ready? <clears throat> You're listening to Paul Elmore. Paul Elmore. <laughs> Shh. And there we go. <laughs> Where do you find this stuff? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. I got nothing to do. I just surf YouTube all day long. That's all I do. <laughs> Hello, good evening, welcome. Guess what we're going to talk about tonight? There you go! (laughs) Wow. (laughs) What scares me is a lot of people said smiling, so maybe we're giving the wrong message here or something. Man. All right, let's see. Let's hit that like that first. That's going to do something here in a minute. It'll come back on. We're going to talk about validation. Um... Quick reminder for those who um, haven't been here before, we've been doing an acronym. Does this sound familiar so far? Everyone kind of see a pattern to how this kind of these evenings work out? What's that acronym? HOPE. H stands for honesty, learning how to look at ourselves realistically and not, not sugarcoat our lives and the situations we find ourselves in. O, openness. That is being willing to actually conceive of the idea that we can be different, that we can change. P, presence. presence. That's the really bad week where I made you look at each other. You know, you had to make eye contact. It was really uncomfortable. That was just weird. Um, Being present, being able to experience things in the here and now and not doing what I call time traveling. Being 20 minutes ahead, trying to figure out what you're gonna say next and not being 20 minutes behind, worrying about what you just said. Okay, when you be fully present in the moment and connected. And then E, exposure. That's right. Letting some of these secrets not only just be honest with yourself first, that's the H part, but kind of the bookend of that is the exposure. Saying, I'm going to let these stories be seen and be known to other people. Kind of moving through that process. Last week we talked a little bit about one of the main areas of shame for a lot of people in the room is areas of sexuality in one form or another, whether that's an addiction, behavior, past hurts um, because of choices from somebody else or our own choices in the past. And then tonight, we're going to talk about validation. What in the world do you think validation has to do with shame? Can anyone give me a, a rough idea of why we might be talking about validation in the context of shame? Yeah. Yes. It gets gets brought down quite quickly and quite severely. Someone else. Why else do you think we're talking about shame? Okay. That's true. I agree. There was another hand over here. Okay. Would it be fair to say that we have, we have input coming in 24-7, except when you're asleep, and then it's weird dream kind of input stuff. Um, but whether it's external voices coming in, what people are saying, either what their words are saying or what their actions are saying to us, or what we continue to say to ourselves. But we're constantly getting critiqued, evaluated, um, kind of, uh, shall we use the word judged? Is that all right? Um, 
I've thrown out some of these statistics before, but let's throw them out again. Communication between two people, how much of it is verbal and how much of, is it, uh, how much of it is nonverbal? 50 to 70% nonverbal. 50 to 70% nonverbal. Higher. We've got some people to remember. 93. 93% of all meaning that we convey comes out in not the actual syntax or words that we choose, but it's the posture, it's the tone, it's the physical reaction that we have. That means we get a lot of input from people right now. Right now, I'm gathering a lot of input from you, telling me how worthy and how validating I am being because of, you know, watching your faces and your attention. If you're all sitting there, you know, playing on your iPads or something or, or, or texting people, apparently I'm boring you. You're communicating that very strongly. If you are engaged, if your eyes are locked on me, if you're smiling, if you're making me feel good and warm and loved and accepted, then um, I'm feeling pretty good about myself. Isn't that nice? Okay? Put away your iPhones. Put away your... No, just kidding. You might need to turn the side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If we are looking for validation from other people, from anything, from anything, not true because that's shame. Can I ask you a quick question here, real quick? Sure. Can we take a quick poll of how many people have heard that message before? This might speak into a little bit of your message, your story. Um, I actually have no idea how the results are going to turn out. How many did you hear what he said? Fantastic. One more time with feeling. Say it. Say, say it again. Project from the diaphragm. See, it's, it's hard being up here, isn't it? It's tough. It's tough. He's saying that, he's saying, I'll, I'll, I'll summarize for you, is that okay? okay? Yeah, that's good. He was saying that even looking for validation from anything is sometimes communicated as a shameful desire. Did I get that right? Okay. Show of hands, how many have heard that message in one way or another? All right. So we got, you know, over half going on. So you've heard a common message that's, that's out in the world somehow. Yeah. Real loud, because we got when, fans and... When, when, when you're looking for validation from other things... Yep. When is that impossible in shame objective, like that, no, these other things can't validate? Does that make sense? What a great question. We should talk about that tonight, okay? I think we'll see if we can answer some of those questions tonight. Um, did you know there's two types of, sh of validation? We're going to talk about those two types and how they play out. Um, one is external validation. That is when people or things outside of ourselves uh, make us feel good. We just saw a fantastic example of what that looked like. These people walking in gloomy, they get some sort of magic words from the um, attendant there, and they start to feel better about themselves, right? It's just like, wouldn't it be nice if it worked that way, by the way? That would just be, you know, dial of validation. You know, someone can make some money on that website right there. Just to feel good about yourself. It doesn't work that way, does it? 
what did you see happen as soon as Norm, what's his name there, as soon as he started to not validate anymore? What happened to people who were looking for validation from him? They went somewhere else. What else? They were upset. They walked away gloomy. The lady just stamps her own ticket. Those people are a perfect example of what external validation looks like. For people who are stuck in the external validation place, they are actually held hostage by the whims and attitudes of everyone else around them and circumstances. If your happiness is dependent upon things outside of yourself, you are held hostage. Because the bad news is, you can't control everything out there. It'd be nice if we could, but we just can't do it. What? Hmm? You can't control everything out there? I know. Isn't that like a bummer way to you know, start off the night? But that's true. We just we can't, we can't do it. And a lot of people spend a lot of energy energy they don't have, trying to make that exact same thing happen. Some people do it kindly. Um, what, is a, what is a kind example of people trying to control the world around them? We have, we have a common word for it. Very nice, people pleasing. Did you know that people pleasers are actually control freaks? Oh, you said the M word. Say that again loud. Manipulation. So, <laughs> manipulation. Yes. People pleasers are manipulators. She said it, not me, okay? <laughs> Just so we note that. People who are trying to please everyone is trying to say, I need to make you happy so that when you're happy, I'm happy. And if you're not happy, if I can't make you pleased with me, then I am stuck. I'm worried. I'm scared. Imagine how exhausting that is. Because we have no idea what circumstances people are sitting in and how hard it might be to please them. You might be coming back from a personal tragedy, something that is heavy, something that is difficult, and now someone's trying to change your attitude and your feeling to something that it's not. That's just difficult. You okay there, Ben? Fantastic. Yeah, Jimmy? Is that a form of codependency then? It can be. If you're happy, it depends on another person. Yeah, it, it can be. Um, it can take different forms of that for sure. Absolutely. When you're attitude or behavior is dependent upon someone else's attitude or behavior. That is external validation. Um, that leaves us internal validation. What do you think internal validation looks like? I got a whole bunch of examples here. I want to see how close, close we are. Anyone? Okay. Ooh, what was that word? Pride. Pride. That word can go one way or the other, can't it? How did you intend it? Who said pride? Not me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm coming into your bubble, man. Watch out. Here I come. <laughs> what, was, what was the intention? Does that have a negative connotation or a positive connotation for you? Negative. Negative connotation. All right. We're going to have to see if that's actually true or not. We're going to do a little, little test. How's this? We doing better now? Breathe a little bit easier? Okay. What else? Setting and achieving goals. Setting and achieving goals is internal validation. Huh. Hmm. 
I haven't put those together, but we'll let it sit on the table for a while and see if it falls off or not. Um, anyone else want to give it a shot? Comparing yourselves to others? Comparing yourselves to others. Um, no. But thanks for playing. <laughs> She's smart. I missed that. You're exactly right. That's very good. That's very good. What'd she say? Say it again. Real loud. We've got fans and everything else. wasn't dependent upon his attitude towards them. He was finding what was already planted in there. Yeah? I find it surprising you seem to be taken aback by achieving or setting and achieving goals. Because I know that's how I work. It's like I make sure I'm going to decide how I've got to think of these things to accomplish. And when I accomplish them, I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, I'm on the right path. Yeah. I mean, that just totally, I mean, that totally sits self it's closer than you think. Yeah, I agree. There's some value to it. Again, we're gonna. You're jumping a little bit ahead here, so if you can, you know, give those good answers at the right time, that'll be easier for me. Um, yeah. Potentially, would you say that that might be an example of false validation? So it's not healthy. It's a skewed perspective of what it could be. Let's do one more, and then we'll kind of give Positive you what it is. Positive self-talk. Yeah, I would say that is definitely part of the, um, on the spectrum of healthy validation. Um, Let's work with this definition here, okay? Internal validation is your sense of self-worth is based upon an accurate view of yourself. That means that you might be good in this area, but not good or not as good in this other area, but it's an accurate view. You're not trying to build yourself up more into a false validation. You're not, you're not living in denial. A lot of people do that. Oh man, I am the stuff. I am so good. Check me out. And the reality is, they ain't that hot of stuff. It isn't that good. So it is an accurate self-view. Um, when you have a sense of internal validation, you're able to confidently hold on to your beliefs and values despite the criticism or opinions of others. That is an essential ingredient for internal validation. That would be back to the comparing piece, whoever said comparing yourself to others. I'll throw you a bone here. You were close a little bit, okay? Um, when you're able to say, I know what I believe, I know how I feel, and I can trust those feelings, that means you're not dependent upon anyone else's opinion or, or input from them. Um, Someone who can internally validate 
is actually able to share their opinions when other people differ. It's one thing to say, I disagree with you, and do that quietly and internally and to yourself. Um, that's the 14-year-old um, answer to everything right now. You know, what do you think? Or they say something to them, and they go, whatever. They don't ever give their opinion. They're always kind of this, this ambiguous, you know, whatever, dismissive kind of tone. Um, person who can internally validate says, this is what I know, this is what I like, this is what I feel, and I'm going to share it. That's back to the E part of um, hope. They're willing to expose themselves even when it differs. Um, it's, the it's the Titanic story. Remember that? Some people are saying, the boat's okay. We're not sinking. We're doing fine. We're going to put the band out on the deck. We're going to just enjoy some nice music. Here's some complimentary champagne, and we'll be okay. And then there's a whole other group of people who are doing what? The boat is going down. I am not going to believe it. I'm not going to buy into it. They are in direct opposition to what the authorities were saying, right? But I know what's true. I'm, I'm heading to the lifeboat, man. I'm getting them launched. And some of that, you know, saves some lives. That's really, really hard to do sometimes. I can't believe I'm going to tell you this, but this is the example that popped into my head as I was kind of, you know, thinking about what this concept looks like. Um, my family enjoys giving me a very, very hard time for some of my food choices. Um, <laughs> I have a favorite sandwich. Ladies and gentlemen, it is one of the finest sandwiches you will ever eat. They, it is, it is, in fact, I grew up with this sandwich. My mom used to make this for me since I was this high. And, and on a very, very good day when I come home for lunch and it's like we have all the right ingredients, I can't wait making the sandwich. I love this sandwich. You want to know what the sandwich is? Because some people have told me it's weird. I'm not sure why, but some people have told me that this sandwich doesn't make much sense. I encourage each, each one of you to go home and try this and tell me if it's not the best sandwich in the world you have ever had, all right? My favorite sandwich in the world, oh, I can't believe I'm doing this, um, is a peanut butter, mayonnaise, and orange sandwich. You stack all that together, put it on some bread. No, I'm telling you, my friend. What kind of orange so now, I'm ex now I am demonstrating this principle right here because I am going to internally validate and tell you there's nothing you can say to change my opinion. I know how good it is. And there might be some opposition to that belief system. And I'm not even going to flinch from my position. I am confident in what I believe. I'm internally validating right now. Isn't this fun to watch? It's amazing. I cut it. Okay, so here's how you do it. You peel the, you peel, you peel all the skin off of it, so it's nice and round, and then you um, you cut it into slices, so it's you know about about half inch thick, round slices. Okay, you put mayonnaise on one side, butter on the other side, or um, may mayonnaise on one side, peanut butter on the other side. Stack the oranges on the peanut butter side, and if you do it just right, you can get one round section in this corner, one round section in this corner, and then if you cut one of the other rounds in half, it fits perfectly right into there. It's just designed for this sandwich. It truly is. Bread, um, 
wheat, wheat bread works just fine, okay? Just a standard loaf of wheat bread, okay? You put it in there, you cut it in half, regular, no, not Miracle Whip, not Miracle Whip, regular mayonnaise, extra gloopy mayonnaise, by the way, okay? So when you bite it, it kind of squirts out the size of your mouth. <laughs> That's a good sandwich. <laughs> Huh? You toast the bread? No, you don't toast the bread. It's you, you got to do no toasting. It is so Did good. My mom. This is how I ended up where I am today. It's her fault. It's why I do the job I do. No, seriously. Peanut butter and orange sandwiches. Did she like make it for you? Oh yeah. Did you like? Oh yeah. I grew up on them. <laughs> That's a good question. All they had one day. What? Oh, crunchy, crunchy with the extra chunky. Peanut butter bits in it. Oh. And what kind of bread? Oh, wheat. wheat. Wheat bread. Try it with bananas. No, 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 no. Oranges. Oranges. I ban bananas don't work. Oranges have to be it. So, what do you think? Now you know what internal validating looks like because I think right now, probably in the minority of people who um, would believe this, it's just like the Titanic again. You guys are trying to play the music and I'm heading for the lifeboats because I know it's true. <laughs> I know it's true. We have one more week. Huh? <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Go home, try it this week, come back, tell me if it's not the best sandwich in the world you've ever had. It's, it's superb. But it's hard. Ladies and gentlemen, it's hard to stand for something that you believe in when there is a room of people who is saying, you're nuts, it's hard. Creative. Creative. I appreciate the nice words there. Um, to internally validate, one of the essential ingredients, a must-have, you cannot do it without this, is trust. You have to be able to trust yourself. Without that, Right now, I could be swayed because someone could say, that is disgusting. Is it, am I, is it disgusting? I might, I might be something wrong with me if I like this and everyone else doesn't like it. I, is there something wrong with my taste buds now? Am I weird? Okay. If I'm not trusting my own perceptions, if I'm not trusting my own feelings and my own experiences, then I will never be able to internally validate I would, I would make a statement that um, close to half of the people I sit with in my office have learned not to trust their own opinions. They've been taught from a very early age that, they, that their opinion, even as kids, um, doesn't matter, that their beliefs and their feelings don't matter, their experiences aren't actually their experiences. Um, and that will cause some difficulty in this area. It's a learned skill to be able to trust yourself, to trust your perceptions, to go against the flow. But it is essential. Without it, internally, internal validation never happens. And then finally, um, you cannot internally validate unless you are willing to give up control. I have to give up trying to convince you how good of a sandwich it is. I got to give up trying to win you over. I'm going to have to say I'm willing to stand on my own on this 
and you can come to the good side, okay, and finally understand how good the sandwich is by your own choice. I'm not going to make you. I'm not going to coerce you. I'm not going to manipulate you. It's your decision. But it's really good. You know what? Who does the snacks here? We might have a good snack for next week. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not. We might give that up. Um, questions about the difference between internal and external validation. Yep. So what would it be if you're meditating in the Bible what God says you are? What would that be external to What would it be if you're meditating on what Scripture says and would that be internal or external validation? What do you think? It's an excellent question. Ooh, we got one of both. Who wants to um, stand up for the defense and say external? I heard the name. I heard you over here. Yeah. Nice and loud. Yeah, I've, I've done it for years of my life, trying to shape myself in an image that I assume was from versus, you know, and sometimes that opposition to what I would have chosen myself. Okay. Okay. Who wants to go for internal? It's, it's, it's Holy Spirit speaking in your heart. I mean, it's kind of within yourself, you are kind of, I mean, yeah, okay, it's being led by God, being guided by God, but it's coming through you. It's happening through you. It's like God, I feel God is indicating for me to do this or not to do this. I, I think it's an external vehicle that is working with an internal situation. So you're internally Okay. If somebody tells you something positive about you, it's external. You might take that and validate yourself with it afterwards, but it originally was external. You read the Bible, it's an external source, but what you choose to do with it can make it become internal. Okay. This is a unique situation, and I will, um, I'm trying to think of any other situation where this might also apply, and I can't think of one. I might come up with one later. Here's the difference. I would make an argument that it is external validation when we are receiving it now with the exception of does the author ever change his opinion? Does God's opinion, does scripture ever waver? Well, it really depends on your interpretation. And it really depends on what, I'm, what, I, what I might say it might depend on That's probably the better answer is it all depends. It all depends? <laughs> Let's go here, okay? Because this is a big question we could spend the rest of the night on. I got other really good stuff to talk about, so we're going to get to that stuff instead. Um, Christianity, Scripture, God, God incarnate, does not change. He is the source of truth. And when that happens, that might be a pretty good external source to receive some validation from. Okay? That never wavers.
we always get the same message over and over and over and over and over again. When we receive that, <clears throat> because we have to receive that, but when we do, it can start to internalize, and those external messages now become internalized, and we can work off of those truths. Does that make sense? So rather than is it either or, I would say it's a progression of. Does that make sense? But what it is based upon initially for external validation is the only source that I know of in this fallen world that never changes. Because his mood doesn't change towards us. He isn't fickled. He isn't, he isn't um, um, I just lost the word. Persuaded. Persuaded, impartial. Yeah, all those are excellent. He believes what he believes what he believes. And he treats us that way from day one. That's the gospel again. The good news is, while you were sinners, while you were screwed up, while you were unlovable, I loved you. And here's the even stranger part. After you've received Christ and lived for him for 40 years and done everything perfect, his love for you is not any stronger. That might be bad news for some people, or that might be good news for some people. But his love, you don't earn it. He gives it freely. It's not a bad thing to sign up for. It really isn't. It truly isn't. Um, how validation works. It's not just a stamp on a little ticket there that, that makes it play out. Here's a misconception um, and again, the little video that we watched got it all wrong, got it all backwards, okay? Validation is an agreement or recognition of something that already exists. I can't validate something in you if you don't have it already. Is that fair to say? I can't actually give you validation. It's not, a, it's not an object. It's not a noun. It's not a thing. It's an action. I am validating and I have to validate something that already exists. Exactly. It is, boy, you can, you can tell that a mile away. When someone gives you a false validation, a fake accolade, it's like, really? That, yeah, that doesn't, that doesn't taste good. Don't like that at all. Validation, by the way, isn't always a happy, smiley thing again like the video talks about. Validation is, I recognize what is inside of you already, and I'm going to acknowledge it and give it the honor and the treatment that it deserves. When someone is sad, when someone has lost someone and they are heartbroken, when you go up and you recognize, I am so, so sorry. You're not trying to change their feelings. You're validating the feelings that are already exist, and that compassion, that empathy towards them is therapeutic. It is cathartic. It is remarkable. So validation never works by just telling people how they should feel. Okay? You should be happy. You're great. You're awesome. You're amazing. Because if they don't believe that about themselves, you're not validating them. You're trying to change them. You're trying to teach them. Again, the goal is not a bad place, but by the way, how often do you think that works? Do you think that's a really good tactic? 
Anyone want to want to bite on that and say, yeah, that's how it works? Just people telling me how good I am, even though inside I'm feeling really, really bad. Some people seem to think that way. Um, usually, people who are uncomfortable with their own feelings around other people who have painful feelings, we got to say something. So I'll say something pithy and nice. But it doesn't work that way, and yet we do it so often. I wonder if something works better. Um, anyone see, when you do that, when you give that kind of validation, you, how good you are, how nice you are. You're great. Nice tie. It's actually called, well, there's a movie about it. It's called Inception, where they try to burrow in and they try to plant an idea and try to hopefully that, that it takes root and then creates behavior and belief systems. You didn't know it, but the movie Inception was all about, you know, internal validation. It's a pretty good, you know, movie. We all know how it turned out, by the way. They got stuck down in some guy's subconscious forever. <laughs> oh, man. So then the question I would have to ask is, where in the world do we get internal validation in the first place? If it's something that has to already exist for other people to validate, where in the world do we feel good about ourselves to begin with? This is where it's connected to shame, because if shame is this idea of I'm not worth something, I don't feel good about myself, I believe that I am inherently flawed, broken, unredeemable, unlovable, if I truly believe that, how does that change? There was a um, couple studies done um, a while back, and they took one group of kids, and they did exactly what we saw in the video. Teacher would tell them how nice they were, how good they were, how, how valuable they were, all those kinds of things. Um, they did that for a while with these, with these students. Took a whole other class over here, and they, they didn't do as much of that. They were encouraging, but they weren't over-the-top syrupy, um, you know, validating kind of stuff that we saw. Instead, what they did is they gave them challenges. They gave them things that stretched them, that made them have to be uncomfortable for a while and taught them how to overcome those things. Which group do you think did better? Over here. Internal validation only happens through experiential growth. It is this idea of I, I ran up against an obstacle I overcame it, I know how I overcame it, and now I have something to look back on and, and draw some wisdom from so I don't feel insecure or unprepared for the next time I hit an obstacle. The kindest thing you can do for your children is to give them as many chances as possible to fail, to be challenged, to figure out how to solve things for themselves. Um, again, for those in Failure 101, I'm going to repeat a story, but my buddy James grew up driving in Alaska in the snow. I grew up in San Diego. Um, I didn't see my first snow until high school, literally. Weird. Um, when it snows here, I'm one of those really bad Portland drivers where it just starts to, you know, even almost a couple flakes. I'm canceling appointments. I'm gathering candles and all the food I can find. I'm getting home because I don't want to get stuck in the snowstorm. You know, that is half an inch. I just, it freaks me out. I'm not, a, I'm not adept at it yet. My buddy James, <clears throat> it's three feet deep 
He's out there in his little two-wheel Honda Civic doing donuts and just driving around all over the place. He has no, he has no problem worrying about getting stuck because he's been stuck a thousand times and he knows how to dig himself out. He knows where the bad spots are. That knowledge gives him the ability to have internal validation or internal resilience. What are the things, what are the things that you have done? What are the obstacles you've overcome that says, how did I get out of it? And what did I learn about myself? That is how you start to internally validate. And what happens is when we forget those stories and we only look at the 13 minutes that we missed our target by, right? He ran a triathlon and missed his target. I'm totally putting you out there. I'm sorry. I should probably gain the permission to tell this story. Even worse, I lost to Matisse by like 17 minutes. Oh, man. So Matisse is a much better man than you are. <laughs> well done. Well done. We look at the 13 minutes we didn't make instead of the, I just ran a stinking triathlon. How many in here want to sign up for that? Not me. That's, that's, that's tough. So when we get kind of that skewed perspective, when we, we lose those things. Um, thoughts? Yeah. Yes. Yep. I hate it. I'm really trying to be like, yep. work on that, okay? Um, but I always thought I'm the opposite of a control freak because I'm making sure that everyone's happy. And if I was to take control, then they'd be mad at me. And I'm not about to do that. Say that phrase again. I'm trying to make sure. Trying to make sure everyone's happy. What is that? Control freak type of thing, I guess. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the party. Continue. <laughs> a healthy person is able to say, I can see you're having a hard time. You might be even struggling. You don't know what to do. I'm confident you're going to figure that out. And I don't have to make you happy. That's tough. That's really hard for some people. I trust that you're going to be able to take care of yourself. Thank you. You're welcome. If I have to change anyone. Again, I, I gave the pleasant side of, of control. The negative side of control is, um, you know, Tiger moms, you know, uh, bat beauty pageant moms, those kinds of people. You know who I'm talking about? Really scary kinds of um, authority figures who are saying, you will do this, you will do this. You have no options, no choices, because you have to win this little tiara, because that's how I get my, you know, vicarious validation is by you succeeding. That's nasty, sketchy kind of stuff. Um, yep, Ben. Can you, I'm just thinking, can you ever truly have what kind of external validation are you thinking? I'm just thinking even as a child, you never had any sense of any external validation as far as you're even valued as a human being. And how would you ever be able to internally, internally validate? Yeah. Um, as children, we actually we learn more about the behavior that our parents demonstrate to us rather than the words that we say. So when we think of validation, we, I think of words that we say. But when a child is hurt and, and receives that appropriate care and comfort and the good response, they are being validated in their feelings. Now, I don't know if they're saying anything or not, but healthy parenting is validating, period. Three options, by the way. 
um, ran this through with a couple clients this week. Three options. My um, son comes up to me, my eight-year-old. He is hurt. He is um, crying hard. He comes up to me, and my first response is, stop crying now. You will not continue to cry. Knock it off. That could be option number one. Option number two is he's crying, he's sobbing, he comes to me, and I go, tell me what's wrong, tell me what's wrong, I want to take care of you, I want to fix it, tell me what's wrong, tell me what's wrong. And so he has to suck it up and try to explain what's going on. Option number three is my son comes to me, he's crying, he's sobbing, his nonverbal communication is telling me what? He's hurting, he's in pain, something's wrong. I don't actually have to know what that is, in fact, it doesn't matter what it is, the kindest thing I can do to him is to say, let me hold you while you cry. And let him cry, and let him cry, and let him cry. Because that's just naturally what's there. Once he moves through that phase, through the expression of the feelings, and he will, he, won't, he can't cry for six hours straight. It's impossible. So at some point, he's going to have to stop. That's when I can say, tell me what happened, buddy. And he can either say, someone took my toy, or I fell down, or whatever it is. Then he can put the words to it. In an ideal world... When we have people come to us and they're hurting, we so often go to the, tell us what happened, what's going on, rather than, it looks like you are having a crappy day. I am so sorry. Let me just sit with you for a while. Let's go out. I'm going to buy lunch. And you don't, you don't even make them talk about it yet until they can, okay, I've been taken care of a little bit here. I feel I've processed through the expression of that. Now I can put some words to it. I was just going to say, you said the kindest thing you could do to your son is to say, let me hold you, let me comfort you, and I'll be with you, or something like that. But actually, I would, I would differ. I think the kindest thing you could do to your son is to say nothing, just take me on. Absolutely. Yep. Your actions speak louder than words. There you go. Yes. And so when they come to me and they're just like hyperventilating because they fell, they're just going to or whatever. Yep. My first response is not like what happened, but like take a deep breath, like calm down. Yeah. So it's just not so much because it's like I don't want you to feel what you're feeling, it's just like you're hyperventilating. Like yeah. you can't actually breathe right now. Yeah. You're just kind of. Yeah. And then after like they can breathe a little bit, then it's like what happened? Like. Yeah. Hyperventilating is a great thing. Because what will happen? They run out of breath, they pass out, and guess what happens? <laughs> they start breathing again. Again, we have this reset button. It's awesome. It's cool like that. In those kinds of situations, when you are completely outmanned, sometimes you've got to go for the efficient thing. You've got to get to the solution first. You've got to be able to handle some of that. Again, we're probably in the parenting context, one-on-one context. Um, but I would even argue in that, in that context... Um, Man, cry it out. Okay, move in some way. Give them a way to express it because oftentimes little children don't have, especially if they're not your kids, they might have been getting one message at home and a different message here. At preschool, it might be the only place where it's safe to express. Where at home, it might not be. I have no idea. But can you imagine if you're the safest person in that kid's life because you let them feel whatever they're feeling and you don't get mad at them, you don't condescend them, you don't reject them or push them away? they will learn to be able to expand their emotional vocabulary. It's an incredibly essential skill set.
By the way, we're not talking to just the women in here. Men, you got feelings too. It happens. In fact, men tend to have stronger emotional reactions than women. Yep. The most fragile thing on the planet is a male ego. Yep. Real loud. Clarifying question. Right. Absolutely. I'm not making that distinction. I'm saying if we rely solely on external validation for our happiness, we are screwed. Okay? Now, we get external validation all the time. That's, that's very good. Um, and then when it's done in a healthy way, it helps actually reinforce our internal validation. So it's not a bad thing unless it's actually it's depending upon where our root of strength is. If it is only on external validation, then we're held hostage to everyone else's whims. Does that make sense? Is it true that anyone can have solely internal validation? Right. Um, people who are good readers, I can never remember. Frankel or Bonhoeffer? Who was it in the... Dietrich Bonhoeffer? Uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer in the concentration camps? Frankel, thank you. That's a man who had overt, blatant attempts to destroy his validation. And his concepts came up with, you can do everything you can to this physical body, the thing that you can never touch. Never touches my attitude. I have complete and sole control over that. He probably came close. And again, it's, I don't think we live in a world of 100% of anything kind of thing. There's always a, 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 a gradation on that. But when you're in a concentration camp losing your family, watching horrific atrocities happening around you, and to be able to say, I'm still going to choose to have a good attitude, that's... That's manning up right there. Um, I want to keep going. So if we have more questions, you can ask later or ask next week. Again, next week is a kind of a big Q&A time or a summarization or a clarification time. Write down all sorts of questions that you have, um, and we can go through some of those next week. So we'll be able to process through some of that. Um, there's been a brilliant um, movie out lately. If you haven't seen this movie... Um, I strongly recommend going home and renting it and watching it. Everybody in the room. Everybody in the room should watch this movie. I've watched it many, many times already. Um, it's a profound, profound movie. Surprisingly so. Okay? Okay? Let's see. Well, here we go. I tried to warn you what was out there. The world is dark and selfish and cruel. If it finds even a slightest 
If I come back next summer, I don't know if I will. We should just do every week, which we is watch a movie and then take it apart because this is, this is so good. This is just a, a profound movie. I actually want to go back through some of these clips because this walks you through almost, almost step by step the, nece the necessary things you have to do to move from a source of external validation to internal validation. It has some incredibly essential steps to take to be stop believing lies and to actually find some change in yourself. 
when I watched it the first time, it's like, am I really watching what I'm seeing happening here? It is just so, 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 so good. Um, how many have not seen Tangled? Oh my gosh. Requirement. Homework. You can't come back unless you see it. Period. <laughs> For some, that might be more palatable, huh? Oh boy. Cartoons? You're, ma you're making me watch a girl cartoon? I can't believe it. Alright. Um, We're going to take this apart real fast. Again, we could probably talk about it for a long time. Let's watch this here. That look on her face is oh. She is open to considering new ideas about herself. Can you see it in her eyes? Oh, and she's chewing on it. Can this be true? Can this be true? Oops, sorry. Right there, she just found her voice. Literally. She is going to confront the person who's been making her believe the lies about herself. And she no longer is afraid. I am the lost princess. <laughs> it didn't come out the same way as it comes out on there. Guys, you might want to come up with something else. Shoot. All right. Yeah. You say that in a bar, and you're going to go, all right. Oh, man. All right. Yeah. Here we go. That's the look of, I've just lost power for a second. My the hold I have on her is coming unraveled. That line right there is worth the price of admission. Did I mumble, mother? It's so good. It is, I am not afraid to get in your face. Does she trust herself? Absolutely. Absolutely. Does she trust her feelings, her experience, her knowledge? Is she willing to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with someone? We have a redefining of what is real and what isn't. I've called this woman mother my entire life, but is that true? I'm having to let go of all sorts of lifelong preconceived notions. And then she goes back into trying to gain power. Not all people go about power overtly and meanly. This is probably one of the sweetest examples of narcissistic personality disorder. Okay, right there. Um, <laughs> passive aggressive behavior. Um, crazy making. I mean, it is straight out of the DSM-4. You can just kind of keep checking them off as you keep going down. It's awesome. It is awesome. Do you even hear yourself? Oh, do you even hear yourself? What's she trying to do? Invalidate. Create self-doubt. You can't trust yourself. Oh, we're going to go for even an, an attack there. It's a ridiculous question. Yep. Yep. Verbal and nonverbal are not lining up. Those are some of the hardest people to read in your life. I can guarantee you for a fact, some of you know these people personally. They say one thing with their mouth, 
and their nonverbal says something incredibly hurtful. That's smart to write a cartoon. I'm telling you, brilliant movie. Oh, we even got some little pushing and shoving going on. Okay. True or false? False. Yeah. Now we're going to sort of blatant lying. Where will you go? I am your only source of security. I am the only source of authority in your life. If you get rid of me, you will have nobody. Fear of abandonment, fear of being pushed away, incredibly strong motivator. Incredibly strong motivator. Oh, exactly. I'm the only one who's going to take care of you. Yeah, you're exactly right. He's the hero, by the way, in case you didn't figure that out. Thanks, Paul. Totally gave that away, you know. <laughs> okay, we go up for what kind of attitude we're we going for now. It's all right. Care, comforting, concern, yep. Ooh, mother knows best. Yes. She goes in for another thing, and again, you can see some doubt in Rapunzel's eyes there. Is it true? Is it true? Is it true? Am I stuck? Am I stuck? And she's still what? She's she is blatantly saying, "You will not, you will not gain control over me here no. again." You were wrong about. You were wrong about the world, toe to toe. I will not believe the lie anymore. I will not believe the lie anymore. You were wrong about me, and I will never let you use my hair again. And then we watch her become blatantly, overtly cruel. Ladies and gentlemen, I know it's a cartoon but it is so well done because there are some people in this room right here who are still believing the lies from childhood. When we as adults operate out of belief systems from childhood, when we look at the world through child eyes as adults now, we will always, always be held back. We will always be stuck. It requires a time to blatantly look at the lies that you've been told about yourself that you think is true. And it's time to find your voice. Okay? And I, and I say this intentionally, but it's time to say, hell no. I am not going to believe it anymore. Anymore. How many of you would like to find this posture? Even... I'm going to go back again. I'm going to go back again because I want you to see it. It is so perfectly done. Doo -doo -doo -doo. Where is it? It's right about here. Ooh, close, 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 close. You know how I hate them all. I am the lost princess, aren't I? Watch her. Did you see her posture? What happened? She stood up. 
when are you going to stand up? When are you going to take that? I'm not taking any more crap. Against the, against the lies you tell yourself, not against other people. It might be against someone directly. It, it actually might be. You might lose relationship. Is it worth it to no longer be ashamed? Is it worth it? Is she losing much by losing relationship with this woman? No. She's probably gaining a whole lot more. But we believe that it's the only source of security and strength in our lives, and it's not true. But when it is actually your real mother or your real father, there's a real sense of loss in there. You're absolutely correct. It is as bad as death. When you lose that relationship, the pain can be as real as death. You can go through the entire grieving process, which can take two years. I'm not treating this lightly. I'm not being flippant about it. But the question I would ask you is, is it worth it? I would argue that it is. If, it, if you need to take that step and you don't know how to do it, talk to me, talk to Ben. We can get you in touch with the people who need to help you through that step. Don't hold on to the lies anymore. Stand up. It's great. Yeah, but the difficulty thrown in is when you're a Christian, you need to be loving and considered others. Wow. What a great starting question for next week, wouldn't we say? <laughs> It's a good question. Okay, write that down. How do we reconcile that? I'm going to trip over something here. How do we reconcile that? Because that is a legitimate concern. How do we both honor God, act morally and appropriately and respectfully, and still have healthy boundaries? Especially with a parent. Big questions. Okay, someone write that down because I will forget. Yes? Yep, yep. I sure appreciate you asking that question. Here's how we do it, all right? Um, we're going to believe. First step to do that, get rid of Rapunzel there. Yeah, it is. How do they catch the eyes? How do the animators do that? They're brilliant. They're really good people. Um, number one. You have to, again, believe that you actually have the innate capability or capacity to bounce back, to change, to be different, if you do not have that belief. There's always these two layers, okay? There's the, I want to believe this, I want to be this way, but I really think I'm this way. I really believe I'm this way. You can't, can't just change the first area. In fact, that's my job as a counselor, is to deal with the second area. How do you truly believe? What, what do you truly believe about yourself? How do we start changing that? Are you open to the idea that that can be different? And if you are, if that belief system could actually be different, then you can go into um, the second things here. Um, instead of doing classroom A and just kind of telling yourself positive reinforcing statements, again, that doesn't give you any evidence. That just is kind of empty words. Instead, I want you to Make a list of the obstacles that you've overcome in your life, okay? What are the hard things that you have faced, big or small? And then I want you to start asking yourself, how in the world did I overcome those? How in the world did I do as good as I did? Instead of looking at the, oh, here's how, here's how 
much I missed out on it. Here's all the things I did wrong on it. How in the world did I do so good on it? Because apparently I made it through. I've overcome it. I've moved on. In fact, I've grown and gotten a little bit better. How? That is looking at the driving in the snow again. How did I get out of it last time? Okay, I, I knew what I did. You start to, start to build that evidential system that says, here is why I am good. You're actually validating yourself with your own, with your own evidence there. Um, real fast, doggone it, we keep running out of time. Um, there was a, um, uh, an NGO, non-governmental organization went into, I believe it was Vietnam, and they were trying to work with women who were having a really, really high child mortality rate for infants. And they had three, four, five, six different NGOs coming in trying to improve the infant mortality rate for these, um, for these uh, villages and these women who were, um, didn't have proper health care and all those things. And they failed after failure after failure. No NGO could get any traction with this until one came in. And they said, we're not going to come in with any preconceived ideas or notions on how to fix the problem. Instead, we're going to study all the provinces, all the villages, which village has the highest infant um, survivability rate. Which one is working? Which one is saying, here's what I did to make this work? We're going to go study them, because apparently they're doing something right. They went and they found out that those families um, are able to feed, their, feed the infants um, more protein. They, they, they farm a little differently. They do a couple real simple things that anyone else in that community, in that, in that culture, could do. But they just happened to have found what worked for them. And so they took those women and they taught them how to teach other villages. And because they, they focused on what worked rather than focusing on what isn't working, they got traction. And they started to increase more and more and more and, and took care of this problem or are or, or making forward progress on it. When you look at what works rather than what isn't working, um, you'll start to get some traction on some of that. Um, what we're talking about is resiliency. You can, there's multiple um, characteristics of um, becoming resilient, becoming... Um, Let's wake this thing up here real fast. There we go. Um, it's not just resilient, resiliency. Oh, that was a spider I found in my house. Um, <laughs> serious. Cool little guy, isn't he? He was in my daughter's room. Um, if you go to my website, paulelmore.com, the top post, top three qualities that will help you overcome anything. Um, Right here is a whole list of resiliency builders. Um, some people turn to relationships. Some people turn to humor. Some people turn to um, a love of learning. Pick your top three. Figure out which ones um, are the things that you naturally do well. You don't have to always learn something different because um, some statistics are showing. Uh, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Each person's greatest room for growth is in the area of his or her highest strength. Find what already works and then get much better at it. And you'll get more and more success built, built upon what's coming out of some of that. Um, one last quote here from this great article, which is quoted in the bottom of that post. Um, a kid who grew up in the foster care system, been through lots and lots of programs, 
who actually graduated college. He said, the people who helped me the most were the ones who told me what is right with you is more powerful than anything that is wrong with you. What is right with you is more powerful than the wrong things about you. We all have the wrong. We can't avoid that. We choose what to be able to focus on and what to be able to highlight, what to remind ourselves of. Don't just do empty validation for yourself with kind of positive self-talk. Give yourself evidence. Those are where it starts. So I would give you your homework assignment. You have three of them this week. It's actually going to be fun. Number one, enjoy your sandwiches. <laughs> Superb. Watch Tangled. I'm dead serious. It's very good. Very, very good. And then third, pick your two or three obstacles that you have already overcome. Go to this list. How did you overcome it? How in the world did you get, do as well as you did? And allow yourself to just enjoy that. When you can stay there for a while, you might find out just how inherently valuable you are. And some of those shame messages might start to be reduced just a little bit. All right? What's your website? Paul Elmore, E-L-M-O-R-E dot com. O-L-E-L? -E E-L. E-L. Did you say two things that you're good or Pick three. three you know, for you, pick four. What? Good <laughs> <laughs> pick, pick the three things on that list that you turn to that help you stay resilient, help you get better. You're building what's called emotional muscles. What do you do when you work out? You go, you lay down on the bench, and you start lifting just the bar, because that's about all you can lift. <laughs> because your muscles are small, you don't have much resilience. And then you put five and 10 pound weights until pretty soon you're benching 300. You have to, I did it just before I came here today. So, um, um, <laughs> nonverbal communication. I am a liar. Um, yeah. All right. Thanks for coming again. Thanks for, um, sitting through so much of the series so far. We'll have some good conversation and questions next week. Um, appreciate your willingness to learn how to love yourself the way God loves you. That's all we're asking you to do, by the way. Love yourself the way God already loves you. Yeah. I just want to clarify, do you have class next week? We do have class next week. I am here next week. Be here or be square. Next week after that, two weeks from now, you show up, you're going to be by yourself. Okay? But we call the other people to show up. On Correct. Day. How about we pray, and then we'll go home. Father in heaven, we thank you that you are um, a God who knows us intimately, who knows our thoughts, who knows us better than we know ourselves. May the things that we say to ourselves bring you glory. May we no longer criticize your creation. May we enjoy it legitimately, appropriately, and fully. I thank you for each person in this room tonight. I thank you for their desire to, to grow and change. Please honor that and reward that this week. And in your name. Amen. Thanks for coming, folks. Have a nice night. Thanks for listening to this podcast. If you'd like more information, please visit paulelmore.com.